And I guess, I mean, we were all kind of ready to get back in that schedule, but it yeah. is, you know, these first few weeks, I was just talking on my Instagram story last week about, Hey, if you're, if you're getting back into a routine and you have anxiety, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Big Ask Podcast, where no ask is ever too big. I'm Tara Renzi. And I'm Brooke Run. We are on a mission to give women confidence to rise and be bold, ask for what they desire, and be who they came to be. But if you want all that, you're going to have to put a little ask into it. We know that all asks come in different shapes and sizes, but the bigger the ask, the bigger the win. Welcome to the Big Ask Podcast. Welcome back to the Big Ask Podcast. I am Tara Renzi. And I am Brooke Run. Woo! And we are, <laughs> I mean, a summer hiatus, a summer vacation, I, just summer. Life. Uh-huh. Just life, trying to survive, you know? I think that's what it's all about. Oh, my gosh. It has been, I mean, it's kind of wild that school's back in session. Summer is done. I mean, it still like feels like summer, but it's done. It is wild. And I feel like the summer, maybe for me, because we've been moving half the summer, but I feel like it flew by, like putting my kids in school. I didn't get school supplies until three days before school started. How did That's you how find quickly it? it went by. There was did so much. Order- it was crazy. No, I just went to Walmart. It's like the best place to get it done, you know? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, summer, well, let me ask you this. Do you like summer, the schedule of summer, or does it stress you out? Because I feel like there's kind of two camps and maybe it depends on your kid's age. But some people, summer is just like, oh my God, I, it, I'm i insane. I don't like it. We have no schedule. I just want the kids back in school. And then the other camp is, this is 1987 and it's amazing. I love summer because we have, we have no major schedule. I am the circa 1987, you know, fan club over here because for me, I really love my kids not having to wake up to a certain time. I love them being able to just lay on the couch if they want to and watch a little show and eat breakfast at their leisure at 930. Like, I love that part. I'm also a very structured person, though, so I appreciate the few months of not having to follow so much structure. And I have to be honest, I love that there's no homework because (laughs) now... (laughs) Because now we're back in the groove of sports three or four days a week and homework as well. And so I just, I love to be able to plan our days and be spontaneous and, and do what we feel like. What about you? What camp are you in? Oh, I'm so 1987. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially with the pool. Oh, my gosh. Well, we have the pool but and the boys competitive baseball. And so we do have that commitment of, you know, we have baseball all the time, but not having to get up at a certain time, just kind of working in flow and hanging out with the kids and the boys. I love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. And I always loved it though. I, even when my kids were little, I wasn't like, get these kids back in school. Um, and I think maybe it's because I do enjoy, I enjoy the slowness and kind of laziness almost. I hate the word lazy because it has such a negative context. I think Lacey's great, but here's what I have to tell you. This is the first summer I've felt this way. Oh, really? Yes. The prior kids are getting a little older. When my kids were little, I'm sure I was like, well, I actually had them in stuff. I normally had them in camps and different things because 
Otherwise they did drive me batshit crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, we did. So we've done like kitty college before we've done like other little programs and stuff for them and it's worked beautifully. But this was the summer when we had a nanny for part of the summer. And then we obviously were in transition of moving. And so it was on me. And I have the freedom in my business to be able to pick up when I need to and, you know, take off and take a pause when I need to as well. So this summer, I just allowed myself the grace to do so. And I really enjoyed waking up, being in my PJs until like 10, 1030, unless I was going to work out. And my kids, yeah. And just, I loved it. And then they could stay up a little later. We could watch movies and I enjoy it. I mean, it's now it's a grind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, we were all kind of ready to get back in that schedule, but it yeah. is, you know, these first few weeks, I was just talking on my Instagram story last week about, Hey, if you're, if you're getting back into a routine and you have anxiety, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I know we're talking about kind of the funk and change and everything, but I think that we forget that like these type of disruptions in our schedule can create a lot of anxiety and just exhaustion and, you know, grief and all kinds of things can, can arise. Yes, absolutely. You know, for me, I have never been an anxious person probably until I had kids because you don't realize all the things that can go wrong until I think you have kids and then you just worry constantly, you know, and I'm not really a worry board at all, but I have had, you know, more anxiety in my life, you know, since my father passed away almost a year ago, um, which I know you understand that. Um, than I've ever had in my life, like putting them back in school and just the anxiety of hoping they have a good year. Like I know for you, Ben started a new school, you know, I'm sure that makes you, you know, anxious. Yeah. High school. And it's like with Maverick and Ellie, like new teachers, new friends. And, you know, it's just a lot, you know, it's overwhelming. So I totally get you. And I love that you talk about that because I feel like, you know, social media is the highlight reel and people do not talk about the realness behind things. And so I love yeah. that you give people permission to talk about those things. Yeah. You know, I didn't really get anxiety either until I had children. I don't remember having anxiety in my twenties at no. all, like ever. No. Um, and I do think it's just because we continue to take more and more and more on. And when you have yes. kids, obviously they, I mean, my kids are my world and mm-hmm. you know, so any sort of schedule. And like you said, it's not even, like, you know, what's really weird about my anxiety is I often can't pinpoint the true, like what is ultimately driving the anxiety. It's just like, it's like a little bit of everything, you know, yes. it's like straw that broke the camel's back. Like, yes. I don't, and I don't think it is pinpointing to one specific thing. It's just life. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But you know what I love what you say though, is that when you can recognize like, okay, this is anxiety and you can label it and say, okay. I know what this is. Now I know what I need to do. Like go take a walk or get active or, you know, even go take a nap. But I think when you can actually recognize what it is and not carry that feeling, that burden on your chest, the tightness, the anxiousness and label it for what it is, it helps alleviate it. Don't you agree? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think it, it kind of took, like, I remember when I had my first, I actually had like an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not know what in the what's going on because again I never really had that like abrupt chest tightening feeling like I'm suffocating anxiety and now I I mean I haven't really had anxiety attacks per se since then but I think a lot of it is because I recognize it early on and I'm like "Ooh, oh hello anxiety yes wow my old friend (laughs) (laughs) yes 
Yeah. You can't push it away. You can't stop it. You can't be like, okay, just go away. You actually have to, I think, I feel like physically and mentally yes. get mentally fit enough one to say, Oh, this is anxiety. Yep. And then like you said, go move your body, take a nap, take a shower, um, whatever it might be. And for me, it is all of those things. Like it is get up, get hydrated. First off, like a, a great hydration drink. I love like, Drink some water. Have, yeah, the water with the yeah. electrolytes, I feel mm -hmm. like does amazing things for anxiety yeah. and then just exercising, walking, reading, doing something. Yeah. I think labeling it. And I think just like what you're saying, being proactive, you know, and, and to understand that you're not alone in that, I think is really important too. to know that, you know, so many people have this same thing, you know, so many people are struggling with anxiety, especially over the last two years. Yeah. you know, the three years since the pandemic. I mean, there have been so many people that I've talked to that are like, I've never felt this type of anxiousness before. You know, I've never, because we're worried. We all, we're overstimulated. We have so many things that were being thrown at us all the time. And so people's anxiety levels are high. But when you can learn to do things to help alleviate those things, I think it's really important. Yeah. Well, and I always just remind myself, like, I am not my thoughts. Like, just yes. because I, like, I am not an anxious person, you know, I do have anxiety occasionally. And I think when we can start to understand that, like, feelings are normal, thoughts are, yeah. you know, these things come and go, we get to take con back control versus allowing the anxiety to have control. And that for me is so much. And, you know, I haven't really, uh, I've never shared the story publicly, but um, after I had the anxiety attack, I remember going to my doctor and being like, okay, I like, this is so unlike me, you know? And so, um, she gave me, um, she was like, well, maybe you need an anxiety prescription, which I know mm -hmm. we've talked about this. Like I'm not mm -hmm. against prescriptions. I think they're needed, but I think it's interesting how people are so quick to prescribe. Oh yeah. Um, and so I, I took the prescription and I actually got it filled and I never, but I never took one. And it was kind of this point in time where I was like, wait a second, like I had one anxiety attack, like I just like there's got to be an, another way versus just instantly going to the medication. And um, for me, I felt like it was almost like I had the power at that point in time to make that choice. Now, again, I'm not saying that some people, you know, their anxiety becomes completely life altering and overwhelming, that that's a good option once you've explored that. But I, I'm a huge proponent. And before you take a pill or do anything, like try natural, normal things. Cause I think yeah. that in the end, it's, it's going to be easier. Yeah, absolutely. I think also work for you. Yeah. And I think also like finding the source, like figuring out, okay, what is happening right now or what is happening in my life that is creating this within me and to understand that it's temporary, like nothing is forever. And the bad, the last thing is not going to be the worst thing forever. Right. And so I think when we can figure out what the source of the anxiety is coming from versus going, you know, and getting a prescription right away, I think that is really important. And I also think that there are so many natural alternatives to helping with like, you know, anxiety, such as CBD, um, you know, stuff like that, working out. I think that there's other things you can take like that are natural. You can go to a supplement store and get to help with anxiety. So, yeah. I mean, like, I don't, you know, listen, I know many people that need to be on a prescription and I'm not knocking that at all, but I think that when you can find out the source and figure out some natural alternatives first, maybe I think it's a good way to go. Yeah. You know, one of the things, if we're just going to unload all of this, like, okay, let's let's just, unload. I know we've had conversations about 
prescriptions and taking them. And, you know, the other prescription that I did get was a prescription to Xanax and it was a super, super low dose. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I was, you know, having anxiety before bed or I, a lot of times I would try and try to do all these things. And if I couldn't get it, I would take the Xanax because I knew that it would, it, I mean, it's kind of a magical, it does instantly relieve almost anxiety and, you know, kind of lifts it off your chest anyway, but it's short term. Yeah. So it's not dealing with it in the long term because it doesn't last. And I remember when she gave that to me, she said, Hey, listen, she said, here's the thing. This is a highly addictive prescription. And, um, I'm just telling you that up front. She said, because this, I don't have a refill on this right now. So meaning that if you go burn through these and you know, I mean, you, what do they last like six, four to six hours or something? It's a very short term. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> she said, you're going to have to call me to get this, you know, and at that point in time, we need to talk. So, yeah. um, and I never abused it or anything like that. But one thing I realized was, um, oh, when I take a Xanax, I really can fall asleep. Like it just helps me like kind of mm-hmm. just lift that anxiety. I'm not waking up and I go to sleep. So I, and this is like a, a, a I guess a, a confession is that there's been a few times where I'm like, oh, I just want to sleep. And I've been like, oh, I'm going to take one of those. Um, and I have to tell you the next, if I don't use it for specifically anxiety, the next day I wake up and I feel awful. Mm-hmm. I feel tired. I feel depressed. I feel like low on life. And I've actually started to have some conversations with people and this is not uncommon and this is frightening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've talked about before, like for me, like I've taken anxiety in the past as well. And like the next day I am not myself. Like I am kind of a raging bitch to be quite honest. Um, I am not friendly. Yeah. If I take a Xanax. And so it got to the point where I'm like, just, it's not even worth it to me. And, um, this is something I've never shared publicly. So I guess we're just confessing all of our stuff. Huh? Um, you know, my dad took his life on December 3rd of 2021, right? Yeah. 2021. And he had for 10 years off and on, he had an addiction problem. And so his doctor was not prescribing him anything anymore. Well, he just recently had a surgery on his ankle and begged the doctor to give him Xanax because he just had, my dad had so much anxiety um, in his adult life. Whereas when I was growing up, he really wasn't like that. But as he got older, he got a lot of anxiety. And ultimately he ran out of Xanax and the next day he took his life, you know, because you, when you're, the anxiety puts you, I mean, the the Xanax puts you in such a dark, dark place. And I've spoke with, you know, many people who have had people in their lives that have taken their lives because of, because of Xanax. And Like I said, it's just the last thing is not always going to be the worst thing. And I think that if there's a way to do alternative natural sources, especially now with the knowledge I have because of Xanax, I think it's worth a shot. You know, I think that we just have to understand we're not alone in this and that, um, you know, so many people struggle with anxiety and just get the help that you can. I think getting to the source of what's creating that is really, really important. Like I wish my dad would have talked to somebody and gotten the help that he needed to work through it versus relying on pills. Um, you know, cause his doctor wasn't going to give him anymore. He knew it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it is um, something that I'm glad we're talking about because I, again, yeah. I think that, um, it is um, something that's actively prescribed to yeah. a lot of people. Oh yeah. And I think having that, cause it actually took me a few times to actually be like, okay, what's the pattern here? And, and, mm-hmm. and then I was like, holy shit. If I take a Xanax the next day, I often feel 
low on life, depressed. Yes. Yes. Like, honestly, it's almost like I don't even want to do the day. Like, I'm, yeah. I've, I've had to, like, I just want to go back to bed. I just want to, I don't want to, I want to turn off the lights yes. and, like, not do the day. Yeah. And then it, it lifts. And the, the only, the common denominator was the Xanax. And so I feel like, I just feel really good that we're sharing our personal, yeah. you know, um, stories of anxiety because maybe it could help someone. And, um, it just sucks to feel like that. Like nobody well, wants to feel yeah. like that. And I don't think people realize is that prescription medications, they mess with your hormones, they mess with serotonin, they mess with cortisol, they mess with all these different things that are running through our bodies, right? Our hormones, which are really important to try to, you know, keep stabilized. And when you throw a prescription pill on top of it to help deal with something, it messes with your mind. It just does. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the reality. And that's why I think you and I have such weird dark days the very next day after taking one is because it's, it senses a, it puts a sense of calmness over you, makes you sleepy. And then you're draining hormones that are important for your happiness, you know, serotonin. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it messes with it. And I think that's what we need to realize is that, you know, these things do have, you know, effects on us. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, while we're just diving into the medications, um, I know Maverick is an active boy. Yes, he is. Active boys. Yes. And I, I'm shocked how much young boys are labeled ADD, ADHD when they are not. They are yeah. literally boys. Mm -hmm. um, and it's crazy to me the amount of moms I talk to with boys, specifically boys, mm -hmm. that the school or someone has said, oh, he he's borderline ADD. Have you had him, you know, treated or, you know, have mm -hmm. you thought about getting him treatment or a prescription? And for me, you know, I was obviously if if they would have continued and it would have gotten out of control, that would have been an option. Right. But I mean, I really fought to not allow or even go down that road of, of being like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to get him a medication. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I, I like, this is a great topic. So Maverick is a talker. I mean, he talks constantly like to the point where Nick and I are like, is something going on with him? Cause he talks so much. He just has a lot to say. And, you know, I'm sure at some point they might label him as something like that. But the reality is, is we have to be such advocate for our kids and we have to do what feels right to us. And this is where you have to, as a mom, not abandon yourself and let school or anybody else, doctors take over what you think is best for your child. And I think that you have to just be your child's advocate and, you know, listen, boys are boys. Like they are, they are full of energy. My daughter's pretty chill. Maverick is constant movement, you know, and what helps him the most is being outside and being active, yes. you know, and getting, and getting that outdoor and play and, and run around. And so that's what we try to do most with him. But I think that so many parents are discouraged because they feel like, oh my gosh, I got a call from the school today. Something's going on because they think my son might have this. Listen, you know your kid best and you have to do what's best for your kid and be an advocate no matter what the school or doctor say, period. Right. And so for me, like if that ever was a label that was brought upon us, you know, we would make our decision. It would be, you know, he's okay. He's fine. We're going to get through this, you know, like right. he's a young kid. Boys have so much energy. If I could bottle up a quarter of the energy Maverick has, I would be set for life. I'm oh not kidding. God, isn't that the yeah. truth? Oh, my boys are like that. And you know, now they're, they've chilled. They literally yeah. have chilled. And you know, for Ben, it was the talking. It was just the, mm -hmm. I mean, he just wanted to, 
to talk to talk yeah. to move around and um it's this is ultimately why we moved him into a private school was because he was in the public school which is a great school but the classrooms are very big it's very regimented um and because the school was actually overcrowded they were sending him to lunch at 10 30 in the morning and then they weren't giving him a recess in second grade until 2 p.m oh wow now, I couldn't sit through that. I mean, just no. so you know, I totally would have been labeled ADD. Oh, same. Same. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I, mean, I definitely am the most ADD out of our entire family. Okay. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, but he was, I, I kept getting called up to school because he was talking during lunch. And I was like, what do you mean he's talking? Like, you can't talk during lunch. And they're like, oh, no, we have to get the kids in and out. And they are, and I was like, no. Like, I'm. he's not ADD. He just wants a little yeah. lunchtime conversation. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when we moved him into that smaller classroom where he just had a little more freedom, we still had our little bit of hiccups, but it was never labeled again, like, oh, he's ADD and can't control himself. Yeah. And I think you also like, and I was just thinking about this where Mavi, you know, Maverick, my son yesterday, it's like, I'm watching him talk, which is a lot. I mean, Tara, he, this boy has a lot to say. There's a lot going on in his brain. He's a birthday boy. He just had a birthday. Yeah. He just turned eight on August 6th. But Oh, thank you. Thank you. But I also don't want to change that about him because yeah. I think as boys, it's so important that they do talk. I think it's so important that you have a child that talks to you and voices things. And if you keep telling your kid, be quiet, do this, do that, or they're in a school where it's like constantly be perfect. It's so regimented and all the things you're going to change ultimately who they are. Right. And I don't want to change Maverick. I hope that he's this talkative I mean, he may be able to tailor it back just a little bit, but I hope he's talking to him, you know, like in his 20s, he's still talking to his mama, you know, like I don't want to change that aspect about him. But boys are just they're so full of energy. I mean, they just yeah. are. They're totally different than girls. Well, and I think that when we can recognize and nurture these types of personality traits in children, um, you know, it's like the whole thing about saying that girls um, quit calling girls bossy. Yeah. Um, you know, it, they're not bossy. They're just, I mean, they might be a little bossy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, let, let's be real. Yeah. But ultimately they are tomorrow's leaders. And the same with, you know, uh, the boys that are like this is they are ultimately going to be the leaders, the That's future right. leaders. And so how do we nurture? How do we harness? How do we teach them to self-assess so that they can figure out what they do well and where they need to work? And, you know, Ben has been such a, a great, honestly, like kind of project for me to watch this unfold and how he's developed and come into his own. And my mom took him to lunch or to, br to brunch the other day at Snooze. And, you know, the tables are kind of close to each other. And she's like, oh, Ben just struck up a conversation with this older couple and uh -huh. they talked the entire lunch. That's great. That's and great. And all the stuff and they were talking. And at the end of it, you know, they complimented him on just how great his social skills were, how polite he was. And I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. And you know what's so cool about that, Tara, is see your boys are older. Like right now, like the pandemic is really the children not being able to have good conversations because they're always on their devices, right? They're always on their phones. They're always on their iPads. So we're really, we're not learning those communication skills. So the fact that Ben is so great at striking up conversations, you know, really is a telltale sign yeah. of you guys' parenting. Because I think it's really important to have open communication and communication with your kids. Yeah. And that they want to talk and that they learn how to have conversation, look people in the eyes, ask questions, you know, stuff like that. So I think the fact that our boys are talkers is a good thing. <laughs> and we just have to learn how to parent them. Zach is a talker, too. Like, the kid never stops talking yeah. either. So. But it's so a little man now. 
I don't know. He's like five foot ten. He's so cute and so handsome. And um, but it's fun. Being a mom is definitely the most rewarding and the hardest thing I've ever done. Oh, it's so tough. Parenting is hard. There's no doubt about it. That's where I think like, you know, we talked about this, like rolling out of summer and back into the school routine. Well, a lot of moms are going back to work now. A lot of moms are feeling the pressure. A lot of us aren't giving ourselves grace anymore because we feel like we have to meet quotas. We were just having this conversation, right? And it puts you in a funk. And that's why today's podcast is how to survive the funk, you know, how to survive all these different things that we're talking about. And I think the thing is, what you and I talked about is you have to release the pressure, give yourself grace and feel through it all. Don't you agree? I totally agree. I think that giving yourself grace and to know that like, it's not, it's normal to have a bad day. It's actually not uncommon to experience anxiety. It's okay to have these things, but it's how do you deal with them? How are you facing them? These challenges that are normal, especially for middle-aged women. I mean, let's face it. We are doing so many things that it's not uncommon, but it's really, how do you conquer that? How do you show up Mm -hmm. that matters most? And then I think, you know, giving yourself grace and then having those good friendships that you just, I mean, I know Brooke, we have just been this, interestingly enough, like we, we're, we, we talk and we help each other. It's not like we're together all the time, uh but we have great conversation. Yeah. Like when I go, when I, when I, need something to work through something, I go to Tara. I mean, we like, we talk things out together. We work things out. And I love your advice always, you know, on a lot of the parenting and just life in general, you know, I think we're really good sounding words. So I think having a good group of friends that you trust that does not judge you and also gives you grace because, yeah, you know, being a friend is even hard, <laughs> you know, I mean, with life. allowing you to be, be yourself and to be who you came to be. I yeah. mean, Brooke and I, I, she's like one of my most trusted advisors. And just so you know, we have very different thoughts on so many issues, like, you know, what are we like political issues or the way we feel about things. And there's this um, amount of mutual respect to know that like, hey, we don't have to agree on everything for me to respect you and also respect your advice and opinions. Cause I think that you're an amazing human and a great mom. Oh, thank you. And I love you so much. And I do agree with that. I think that a lot of us, you know, a lot of people lost that in COVID, right? The pandemic three years ago is we are able to have separate opinions, different opinions and still love each other. Right. Yeah. For it to be unconditional. And I think we've been a really good example of that, of we are very different in a lot of ways. You know, we our views are very different, but our respect for each other is incredibly strong. And, you know, I think finding groups of people in your life like that, even if it's just one or two people, you know, to go through life like with people like that by your side is really, really important because, you know, as women, we wear so many different we're wives, we're moms, we're girlfriends, we're sisters, we're friends and all these things. Right. And so having support is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Finding your tribe. (laughs) I love about you um, is that you a hundred percent know who you are. You know what you like, you know what you believe, you know what you advocate for, you know where you stand, but you don't ever feel the need to try to convince or change anyone else. Like you let other people stand in their power exactly with their beliefs. And, you know, that's something that I, that I really try to do as well is to say like, Hey, you know, I don't have to agree with your politics to love you as a human, or I don't have to, you know, um, believe and think everything like you to have you as my friend. And I think that, you know, that we talk about the funk and the anxiety. And I think that this is another thing that fuels so much of how everyone is feeling right now is that 
is it okay to think this? Is it okay to believe this? What if I put this out there? Will I get canceled? What are people going to think? You know, and it's just, it's just exhausting. And it's a lot. It is exhausting. And I, I do love that about you is like, gosh, Brooke knows exactly who she is, but she never once makes anyone feel like if they don't think like her, believe like her, that they're crazy or stupid. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Now, I think it's and really important. Confident, amazing, loving human, I think, to do that. So well, thank you. you. Do that? I love you. Thank you so much. I think it's really important that we honor ourselves. You know, this is something that obviously I preach a lot in my business is you have to honor yourself and not abandon yourself. And what I mean by that is, is take on other people's views, opinions, and form them as your own because you feel like you're an outsider or you feel like, you know, you don't want to be canceled. You have to like figure out, okay, what do, no, what do I believe? What is the core of who I am believe? And then stand by that and honor it. And then you can also honor other people and their beliefs. I think when you are confident in who you are and confident in what you stand for and you stand by it, then you can do that for other people. Yeah. You know, I'm not here to prove my views or anything on anybody else. And I, what's great is, is I don't have that coming back on me because you get out what you put in. Right. Yeah. And so like, I don't know. I just feel like honoring ourselves and honoring each other is really important. Yeah. Well, and our children see that. Yeah. And, you know, they, they are ultimately emulating what we do and how we show up and how we treat other people. And, um, it is, it is really an interesting time to be <laughs> alive and doing everything that we're doing because everybody, you know, has opinion and, um, yeah. I always feel like for some people, you're not going to be enough. And for other people, you're going to just be too much. That's right. And then That's you're right. find the people that just absolutely jive with you. And those people aren't going to always think and believe like you, but they will love you. Yes. And those are your people. Yes. You know, what's so cool is the other day I noticed something talking back to the kids and how they're always listening and they're always watching. So we sing a lot in our house. I'm not good at it, but I do sing. Okay. And so the other day I was in the bathroom and I was singing the song in my head, like singing it out loud. Ellie was in a completely different room. I walk out into the same room with her and she was singing the song. Yeah. That is how much your children are paying attention. It's like, even when you think they're not listening, like that tune was not in her head until I put it there in a completely different room. And then she heard it and kept repeating it over and over again. Yeah. And well, I, and you know, I say if you can teach your kids to cheer for a team, mm -hmm. right? They follow everything else. It's not like you told them, like, it's not like I said, listen, you guys are Kansas Jayhawk fans. Yeah. The end. Don't ever think about cheering for any other school. We are crimson and blue in this house. Rock That's right. Jayhawk. That's Listen, right. Don't even. But guess what? We never said that, but they saw us. Oh, yeah. mom and dad love the Jayhawks. They want to go to the games. They cheer people on. They want to have the clothes. And then guess what? They just become fans. That's right. So it's the same thing. Like if you're talking negatively about people, if you are being racist, if you are being, you know, a homophobic jerk and saying things in your household, mm -hmm. like your children are listening. That's they right. are watching and they, they are going to be just like you. And so, That's right. so proceed with caution and always, you know, like live in love and kindness. That's right. I oh, think kindness oh. is at the heart of everything we do. No, it really, really is. I think that that's really important and something that we've forgotten as a society, right? It's like, be kind to each other. Like if you see somebody, like I tell my kids, you see somebody sitting by themselves, go sit with them. Somebody's having a bad day, go, you know, go chat with them. We have no idea what people are dealing with behind the scenes. We have no idea what they're going through. You have no clue. 
their their life could be totally perfect, but everybody, every single person is struggling with something. And so it's really important that we show empathy and we show kindness. And those are the two things. If I don't do anything else for my kids, that's the two things I hope they have is they have empathy and they're kind. You know, because I think that is so important. (laughs) And with you as their mama, they will. They will. Thank you, love. Thank you. Well, gosh, I feel like we've just spilled the beans today. <laughs> that was a lot. We went over a lot right there, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it just feels good to talk about it. It I does. Just, again, like I just, you know, I want I, I want people to know that like I'm I'm only human. I'm relatable, and yeah. sometimes I know if you follow me on social or you've read my book or you see me speak, I'm pretty vulnerable in my book. The book I'm writing now is, I mean, I can't wait to share this book just because of all the stories and. Um, you know, it's called perfectly flawed about how I'm perfectly flawed. My life is perfectly flawed. My marriage is perfectly flawed. My childhood was perfectly flawed. Like there is no perfect in my life and there's a lot of flaws, but that's how God intended it. And it's perfectly flawed. Um, and I think that when we can be real, like we give other people the space, you know, to be who they came to be and to, and to hold that space for them. Yes. Um, because I never want people to think that I'm like living some, perfect rosy life where I never have grief or sadness or frustration, or I want to, you know, scream, scream at the kids and, (laughs) and move into a hotel for a night, you know? I think you do such a beautiful job. I think you do such a beautiful job sharing and being real Tara. I think that's what's so amazing and magnetic about you is that you are so real and down to earth. You share not just the great parts, but the parts of the grief, losing your dad, you know, you share the parts of, you know, the anxiety and all those things. And I think by doing so, it gives other women permission to do so, because look, we are forced to, to be perfect. We're forced to act perfect, not say the wrong things, which ultimately holds so many people back from actually moving forward in their life and in their business. And when we can recognize and embrace our flaws, which I have to work on this quite often because I have struggled in the past with perfectionism and it has held me back in a lot of ways until I said, F that I'm not doing that anymore, you know, and I'm going to appreciate these things about me and show up. And if I say something wrong, if I say a word incorrectly, if I spell something wrong, who gives a shit, you know, like who really cares? Show up. Yeah. Show up flawed and all and all. And you will have so many people connect with you so much more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. Well, this has been a fun show. We've got a huge list of shows that we are going to be launching and dropping all fall. So if you are not subscribed to the Big Ask podcast, do so today. And hey, leave us a review. Good, yeah. bad, or ugly. Like, let us know. Yeah. We're asking you, what do you think? What do you think? And also, head follow us at the Big Ask podcast on Instagram. And we would love to know in stories, if you could send us a message, what do you want to know? What is one of your big asks? What is something that you're thinking about? Something that you really need guidance on? And then we can do a podcast on it. So I love it. I love right. it. Well, thank you again for tuning in to the Big Ask Podcast, where we are asking all kinds of questions about life, career, love, motherhood, where no ask is too big. Ever too big. So keep on asking. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.